Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You're listening to Higher Love, the podcast that poses the question... What if we quit falling in love and instead chose to rise in love? I'm your host, Jordana Levine, and this is a podcast series about love, yes, but a huge piece of the love puzzle is dating. And I'm not sure if you've noticed, but we've spent most of 2020 knee-deep in a pandemic, making dating a little trickier than we'd anticipated. If finding love feels further away than ever and you're slipping in and out of, oh, I'm fine, and am I going to be single forever? Settle in, get your pen and notebook ready, because this podcast series is going to guide you into finding not just any love, but a higher love, pandemic and all. Welcome to episode six of Higher Love. I sold this podcast series to you from the very beginning as a dating podcast, and so far I've lovingly walked you through five episodes without even scratching the surface of dating. I mean, we've barely spoken about it at all. This wasn't to mislead you or make promises that I couldn't keep, but to make sure you were in tip-top condition to head confidently into the dating scene. You see, without fine-tuning your personal vibration, figuring out your love values, attempting to process past pain and heartbreak, and ultimately rewriting your love story, I didn't feel that it was fair to send you out into the wild to find yourself a bloody catch. You're listening to this podcast because you're hell-bent on finding a higher love, not just another frog or average love affair. The good news is, if you've listened from the beginning and you've arrived here at episode six, doing the work with Beck, Courtney and Phoebe along the way, then you are primed and prepped to start dating. And whether that date is with a frog, a prince, a fun time or a hard no, you can now be confident that you are still a bright spark of joy who can be certain a bad date is just a bad date and not a reflection of you. Dating is your opportunity to find love, but it's also a vetting process. The reason I spent so long on your personal vibration is because it's about to become your dating armour. Not to keep you guarded, but to make you braver so that you take more chances, which is always advantageous when meeting new people. And if you do come face to face with disappointment or heartbreak, it's the risk that comes with dating. You're brave enough to know you'll survive it. If you are listening to this podcast because you're serious about finding a higher love and are not just tuning in for the pervy voyeuristic content, no judgment then I want you to make me a promise right here and now that you will actively go out on dates. Listening to a podcast about dating is not dating. Reading a book about dating is not dating. Watching The Bachelor and investing in their love story 
is not dating. Are we clear? If you've been scarred by the dating scene in the past, know that you're done with that now. You've officially left it behind in your old love story. The new love story you've written hopefully has filled you with the impetus to get back out there with a fresh slate, a strong personal vibration, and clarity about how you want your next relationship to feel. I made it very clear from the beginning of this podcast that I wasn't about to pretend that 2020 was just like any other year in our dating lives. It's not. Restrictions, lockdowns, social distancing, and face masks have all played their part in what will always be known as the year that shifted dating culture monumentally. I will dedicate an entire episode to dating in the time of COVID soon enough, but it would feel silly diving into dating without addressing the big elephant-sized virus in the room. So before we dive into the different ways you can meet people and tee up a first date, I asked Beck, Courtney and Phoebe what their initial thoughts were about their dating lives when the news of COVID first hit. I absolutely panicked. I already live alone and I'm single and I'm already longing for a partner and that physical connection. So when lockdown happened, that all really escalated for me, those feelings of panic. Dating was the last thing on my mind. Um, And when we got into the first lockdown, I think when I was processing it all, I genuinely felt relieved to not feel the pressure to date. Like it felt like a huge weight off my shoulders where I'm like, cool. This is like my time. And I think as a single person, um, especially being a single person in a circle of shacked up friends, your mates basically expect you to come back with some good, juicy dating stories. So it was nice to just have the pause and not feel like you had to do the most. When I first heard about COVID and hearing that, you know, Sydney, all the venues were going to shut, I thought, oh no, how am I going to meet people if I can't hit the clubs? But pandemic or no pandemic, we're not all about to quit dating. So where do you meet people these days? In the club? At a poetry reading? At your friend's birthday barbecue? On a dating app? Look, I can't comment on the club. It's been a while. But I can say a definitive yes to all of the above. And Phoebe's already vouched for the club. What about Beck and Courtney? So before the pandemic hit, I was not on any apps. I was pretty lucky enough to just have a really, really wide network of friends. So I worked my way through like the layers and the circles, um, got set up on a lot of dates, met people through work, met people out and about at a pub, at the beach. Uh, it was It was all very fortuitous. When COVID hit, You know how people were panic buying toilet paper? I think I was panic shopping for a boyfriend. So I downloaded the apps because one of my friends prompted me to. So he said, what's there to lose? We're in a pandemic. You might as well give it a go. A lot of the time for me, it has been going out and socializing and connecting with people there. I'm a real energy person. So I love to meet someone and see if I enjoy their energy and connect with their energy. So for me, face-to-face, I like doing it like that. I'm not really an app person, but it's kind of come to that. (laughs) I feel like men are lazy now because 
it's so, women are so available to them. It's so easy to meet someone and for them to swipe on an app and hook up. It's they are lazy and it makes it hard. When it comes to dating, you can split the ways you meet people into three categories. One, organically. By this I mean out in public. So, you know, it could be at a bar, it could be at the bus stop, at the beach, at your local coffee shop. Two, a setup. This is when your mates, family or work colleagues decide that they have the perfect match for you and organise a hookup. Sometimes it's a blind date, sometimes you already know each other, and sometimes it's sprung on you when you least expect it. Lastly, we've got digital dating. Yes, I am talking about the apps, dating sites, and the various matchmaking services. We're going to start with the apps in this episode, mostly because the majority of women I speak to hate them but also because all three women had a real issue with them when we first began this podcast series. I wanted to show them and you that there are a few ways to make the app experience a little less gross and a little more great. The most common complaints I hear about dating apps are, they're so superficial. You don't know who the person is. They're sleazy. It feels forced. It feels desperate. I'm sure you've got your own list of complaints and every single one of these is legitimate for sure. But these complaints are also true for any other form of dating. When you see someone across the bar, the party or the travel section of your quaint local bookstore, your initial impression is based on aesthetics. As for dating via apps, feeling forced, desperate and sleazy, totally. But I've also been fooled by many a handsome man disguising his sleazy ways behind things far less incriminating than a wholesome profile pic and a generous, well-written bio. At the end of the day, apps are the most foolproof way to date. Physically, in the flesh, in real time, right now. But Courtney's right. We have gotten lazy. All of us, not just men. And nobody is particularly pumped that apps are the future of dating. But it's a reality. And honestly, I think there are ways to tackle the apps that you'll really enjoy. But first, let's hear from the women about their experience with dating apps. It's been a wild ride, I would say. I didn't know what to expect coming into it, and I still don't know what to expect coming into it. It's it's uncharted waters. But it's been entertaining and it's been interesting to experience and talk to people that you would never normally just interact with in in your daily life and in your friend circle. So it's been eye-opening, to say the very least. So I'm on a few apps and it took me a long time to, to give in and to almost accept that I needed to be on them. There was a long time where I, from an ego point of view, didn't want to have to go on the apps. I wanted to meet someone out in person, but I'm on them. I'm swiping. And a lot of the time for me, it's a little bit of banter and it goes nowhere. They disappear. I don't get asked out on dates. I don't know if I'm having the wrong conversation. It's probably because I'm swiping the wrong people. But, and maybe it's because I'm having the wrong conversations but I legitimately am not going on dates. 
initially I was so against them. I was like, I do not want to have to tell anyone that I met my partner on an app. It's just not for me. And eventually I just got to a stage where I just had to get on them. I was going, you know, I I frequent the Kujipav and it's like, I think I've literally met every single guy that frequents there too. It just wasn't happening. I was either meeting the same guys or I just find maybe it's because of the apps, but guys just aren't approaching as much as they used to. And it's disappointing because I have like a bit of a traditional view. I want the man to chase me and do all the work. So it's like, oh. I also asked the women how they use the apps. Is their intention to go on there and find a higher love or are they scrolling through like any other social app? I cannot tell you how fast the time goes swiping on the apps. Like the other day, it was half an hour, just like in the blink of an eye. It's crazy. I asked Phoebe how many guys she swipes right for. That means she likes them. In half an hour of using the apps. Oh, I'm honestly probably averaging like one in 150. Let's hear how Courtney uses the apps. I'm on the apps as many times as I am on my social networks. You know, when you're on your phone, you check your social network, you check your emails, check your dating apps, and then you loop around again. And so for me, it's a, it's a morning thing. It's an afternoon thing. I'm on it all the time. And I feel like I probably am very loosely doing it as a backup because I still really would like to meet someone out. I asked Courtney if she mindlessly swipes in the way we mindlessly scroll through Instagram or Facebook. Yeah, sometimes when you get that momentum and you're swiping way too quick and then you think, shit, damn it, I can't go back. What if he was the one? And last but never ever least, let's hear from Beck, who is a little more considered when it comes to scrolling through the apps. When I'm on the apps, I do read the profiles like I'm studying for a calculus exam. I do take the time to read it, and I think that's a very different approach to some of my guy friends who are very much just swiping like there's no tomorrow. I do give people the time and and the interest if they've taken the time to write their profiles. It's no secret that we all have a love-hate relationship with dating apps. So let's just get it out in the open. What do these women hate the most about them? I want like the fairy tale meeting, you know, the kismet encounter sort of thing. And I just feel like the app is, it's almost like robotic. It's like, okay, I'm trying to find a boyfriend. Let's go and find him rather than letting it just sort of like come to you naturally. I think they can be, I think the apps can be quite transactional. And I think it can be overwhelming to be just talking to so many people at one given time. And so it doesn't facilitate that genuine connection and that intimacy of trying to get to know someone. It's it's kind of like tasting all the colors of the rainbow. I mean, they just lean into that whole superficial world, don't they? It's very, do I like the look of this person? Do I like the look of their life? And it's very similar to that social image that you'll provide, you put your best foot forward, right? So it can mean that, yeah, people are judging you, but I'm judging them too. So It's true. The apps do make us a little more judgy and selective than when we are out in the wild. But there are definitely positives that we can draw from dating digitally. I asked the women what they enjoy about the apps. I remember I first got on them when I was in a bit of a man drought. And, you know, I was thinking, oh, where are all these guys? How are my friends going on all these, all these dates? You know, who's asking them out? And then just suddenly I downloaded the app and all they're all there and they're all asking you on dates. And 
yeah, it was just like suddenly that here's where they are. I love that the apps straight up tell you what they want, what they don't want for things like if they want to have children, you know, or if they don't want to have children or if they already have children. And you can either sign up to that or not. And for me, just having those answers there straight up is so great because those awkward conversations early on don't need to happen. You you almost have a level of understanding of who they are and what they want. What I enjoy about it is that the apps can be quite efficient for just figuring out if someone's right for you or not right for you and then kind of moving on to the next, which I think people also see as a negative thing. Positive or negative, apps are efficient. You get a little summary of a person wrapped up in a witty bio and a gallery of photographs that they've hand-selected to reflect who they are, or at least who they want you to think they are. But not all app profiles are created equal. I asked the women to tell me a little bit about what they're looking for in a potential match's pictures, starting with the big turn-offs. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. When it comes to the apps, I don't appreciate that we are just judging people for their pictures. That being said, there are a couple of red flags, or I like, as I like to call them, red totem poles. Um, so elevator selfies, shirtless gym photos. That's, that's wildly in abundance on the apps. Um, and kind of unclear, old, overly filtered from 2013 Instagram filters. Do you remember when Insta came out with those very aggressive filters? I hate a bathroom selfie because A, guys are just really bad at selfies because they're not doing all the time, all, them all the time like we are. <laughs> they're just never good. They just never look good at all. So, yeah, a bathroom selfie is a no-go. When they put so many group photos up that you actually do not know which one they are. I mean, no, mate. Swiping past. Not onto the gym selfie. Not about it. I went through the most commonly posted pics on men's profiles and quizzed Phoebe for her thoughts on each, starting with gym selfies. I really do not like that. Even though I love guys that go to the gym and are really fit, please don't post about it. No, I don't do that. You shouldn't be doing that either. What about when they pose with unidentified, attractive women? I've seen that a lot, actually. It's a massive turnoff for me if, like, a guy's got a photo with, you know, a really attractive girl. I don't know whether it was an ex or a sister, but either way, I'm like, who are you trying to – what are you trying to prove? It's, yeah, I wouldn't swipe right for that, no. And what does she think about men posing with babies that aren't their own? As long as they make it clear that it's, you know, their niece or their nephew, it's so – I kind of like it. How about shirtless mirror selfie? just don't think I can do that, no. Anyone too into their looks that seem a bit too vain, I'm just like, oh, no. And lastly, 
What about men who pose with cars and or motorbikes? Horrible. Unless, you know, they're like a really cool, like motorcycle looking guy. Otherwise, just no. What's even worse is guys posing with their like trophy kill that they've just hunted. That is just shocking. Okay. I know this sounds like a hate rant on men and their poorly selected profile pics, but women aren't immune either. When researching for my book, Higher Love, men's lists of women's bad pick choices boil down to two things. One, please stop using filters, especially ones with dog ears and duck lips. And secondly, they requested a full body shot. Now, at first, I got defensive for you, for me, for every woman who is self-conscious about their body. But it's not to place judgment. It's so they can get an accurate representation of the person who they hope to meet in the flesh. I have to say, I feel the same about men. It's important that we hear what the women love in men's profile pick choices. Personally, I am all about a well-written bio. Inject some wit, charm and cleverness to boot, and I'm in hook, line and sinker. I asked the women what they're looking for in a potential matches bio. I think a good bio is where someone can show that they're witty and use some interesting words and you already can tell that they're going to be an interesting chat. I definitely want someone who drinks. So if they was they said that they don't drink, that would be a bit of a turn off for me just because I enjoy it. Um, if they, you know show that they're like smokers and do drugs. I'm like, oh, probably not. It's probably a bad sign. What else? I've seen actually a few guys do this. It's really aggressive. They're like, you know, only women that can hold an intelligent conversation or no bimbos or no Kardashian types. I'm like, dude, we're all here to have a good time. Just calm down, you know. Phoebe is a Virgo. So I asked her how she feels about incorrect grammar and poor sentence structure. Honestly, it might sound bad, but it makes me think, oh, they're a bit dumb. Courtney, much like myself, enjoys a little bit of a creative flair. I mean, if they're a creative writer, it's great because it just shows you that they've got personality and you either connect with it or you don't and you feel like, great, we'll have such good banter. I asked Courtney what she thinks of someone who hasn't even bothered to write a bio. They're just lazy and they're just hoping you'll pick them on their photos really, aren't they? So would she swipe right on good photos alone? Oh, sometimes if they're good enough. (laughs) If they're good enough and then I think that's fine, then I'll get access to their socials and then I'll decide. I'll go deep then. I asked the women if they care about what star sign their potential match is because I have to be honest, it's one of the first things I lay judgment on. I wouldn't judge someone on their star sign, no. I definitely would be aware if they're sort of a naturally more compatible person, but it wouldn't stop me from seeing them. Absolutely not. (laughs) I love reading about horoscopes and stuff, but it's definitely not a factor. It's not on the 58-point checklist, no. (laughs) So just me then? Okay, it's one thing ratting out all of the poorly chosen pics and terribly written bios of everyone else on the apps, but what kind of profiles are these women putting out into the world? I ask them to read out loud their dating profiles, and then we can unpack what works and what doesn't when it comes to putting together your own profile. 
It's worth noting that all three women use the same dating app, and it was the one that gives you prompt questions to craft your bio rather than pure creative freedom. Courtney, 36, 5'2", Elizabeth Bay, and I drink. I have six images on my profile. First one is a fitness shot. Second one is a travel shot. Third one is a beach bikini bod. (laughs) Fourth one is a shot of me with my niece. And I probably should clarify that it is my niece, but I haven't. Fifth one is me looking fun, flirty and fresh on a jetty. And the sixth photo is me at the polo, all dressed up. Typical Sunday, beach, brunch, workout, Netflix and chill or a Sunday sesh. The key to my heart is through chocolate and wine. And dating me is like, I don't know, you tell me. I picked a range of photos that would show all sides of me. So the part of me that likes to dress up and go out, the family side, and also just getting down and dirty with fitness and going swimming and and adventures. So all sides of me. Yeah, I made all my questions really leading. So it was a good conversational opener for them as well. Beck, 32, 54. Melbourne. Um, In terms of the emojis and the prompts, so whether I want children um, and whether I drink, I didn't actually include those because I think you should just get to know me um, and that's worth a conversation. But in terms of my profile, we kick off with this um, headshot of me because it was a great hair day and it was just doing things for me. I thought I'd celebrate that. If I could, I'd frame it. Um, underneath that we've got together we could buy Dyson and get matching chocolate Labradors my ultimate end game I thought I'd communicate that because who doesn't want a Dyson um I've got a photo of me and my sister in front of this like huge feast that we made and it was just a great day we had matching outfits like that it pretty much sums up who we are um and then underneath that I've got a photo of me my brother-in-law and my sister at this wedding on this island because we are looking like tanned Gresham goddesses um underneath that unusual skills is tarot card reading um underneath that uh, you've got a photo of me on an island with um, an island dog who I don't think has had his rabies shots and I am drinking from a coconut. And then underneath that, the prompt is, dating me is like an episode of Tiger King. Kind of weird, kind of thrilling. Cowboy hat emoji, which I think is the most underused emoji of our generation. Um, underneath that, you've got a photo of me and my guest, best gay friend, Joel. Um, we are surfing in Byron, um, and just having a good time. And then underneath that, you've got a photo of me and my girlfriends, um, at Melbourne Cup, just cleaning up nice, you know? So the app that I use gives you prompt questions and you answer them and that's the way you fill out your bio. Um, So mine says 25, five foot seven, I'm from Coogee, I drink and I don't smoke. Um, So there's a photo of me in a leopard print dress, it's a mirror selfie. Um, I've asked for travel tips for Mauritius. 
was a photo of me in Hawaii. Um, There's a selfie I've taken with me and two of my close friends. I've described my typical Sunday as coastal walks, acai bowls and sunbaking. It's a photo of me in the same dress as a previous post, um, but on a different night with some girlfriends. Um, I've said that I geek out on anything to do with natural medicine. There's a photo of me at the beach and there's a photo of me with my sister. And there's also a link to more photos from my Instagram. To be honest, I picked the photos I did because I look the hottest in those ones. I think if you post about your typical Sunday, it's an easy way for a guy to say, oh, let's do that this weekend. I have to say all three women had pretty impressive profiles when I cast my expert eye over them. They had a variety of photos, their bios were light and witty, and overall, they were a pretty good reflection of who would be joining a potential match on a date, if things were to progress that far. When it came to Phoebe's profile, I suggested she add some more casual photos into the mix that reflected her love for herbal medicine, farmer's markets, and cooking. Sometimes I think, well, I know, we post what we think will attract someone rather than an accurate representation of who we are, which essentially is who we want them to be attracted to. Make sense? So let's break it down. What makes a good bio? The bio you choose to share is your chance to take your personal vibration out for a spin. If you need a reminder about your personal vibration, go back to episode two of this 10-part podcast series. When penning your bio, can you describe yourself in a way that gives potential suitors a snapshot of your true character? This is a great opportunity to sell yourself beyond your physical attributes. When drafting yours, here are some things you might like to consider. What sets you apart from every other person on the app? You don't want to get lost in a sea of faces and boring bios. Inject your sense of humour, if you have one. A forced joke or a joke that needs to be explained will never land. Trust me. Be witty if you are, and if you're not, let it go. Be honest, always. You don't have to put all your cards on the table, but don't flat out lie to impress someone you've never met. I tell a story in the book about a friend of mine who used to always have in her dating app profile that she loved whiskey because she thought it would be impressive for men if she was a whiskey drinker. And she would often go out on first dates and the men would want to impress her and so would order her a whiskey. And she had to sit there and sip it even though she couldn't stand the taste. So please, be authentic, be yourself, only put down drink suggestions that you're willing to sip. Don't be afraid to be upfront about what you're looking for. Something casual, a relationship, it's better to be upfront from the get-go. And then lastly, avoid self-deprecation. I get that it can be funny and I'm definitely guilty of using it, but save it for your witty face-to-face banter, which will give it context. Remember, you want your bio to be a reflection of your authenticity. You vibrating at your strongest frequency. You might like to go through yours now and adjust accordingly. When it comes to profile pics, my tips are simple. Limit the selfies to one or two. Do include a full body pic. 
Choose pics that illustrate your personality. Smile naturally. Duck faces and blue steels are for Instagram and Snapchat. Take off your sunglasses, ski mask and hoodie. In other words, pretend you're at immigration. We need to make a positive ID. If you're ready to date, and I mean seriously date, then you must get yourself on a dating app pronto. However, this comes with a caveat. You must work on strengthening your personal vibration first. People will judge you, be openly superficial and ignore you based on nothing but the fact that you're just a set of pictures and a couple of thrown together sentences. You can't take this stuff personally. They don't know you. You don't know them or their circumstances. But I have a helpful secret for you. The time you spend on an app is actually not dating. It's the pre-game warm-up. You can't allow the vetting process to affect your confidence or identity on the dating scene because you're not at the dating bit yet. This person doesn't know you from a bar of soap. I know my personality and energy far outshine my profile pictures and bio. So when someone rejects me based on something as superficial as an app profile, I just can't take offence, and neither should you. In the next episode of Higher Love, we're going to continue with the apps, learning how we can get the most out of them, and you'll hear what happened when I put the women through a 14-day app experiment. You might like to try something similar for yourself. We're also going to hop off the apps and explore being set up by friends and meeting strangers out in the wild. If you want to explore everything we've spoken about in today's episode in depth, you can find everything in my new book, Higher Love, available to pre-order now through the link in the show notes of this episode or by heading to jordanalevine.com. As always, if you found value in this episode and you'd like to share it with your friends, take a screenshot on your phone and share it to your Instagram stories. Tag me at Jordana Levine or leave a rating or review on your favorite podcast app. Until next episode, I'm Jordana Levine and you've been listening to Higher Love. 